This is Dale Jr., and you're listening to Dirty Mo' Radio. Also, of note to self, drinking beer during the podcast requires belching. So also, Josh's interview, I'm like, <laughs> trying not to, trying to be quiet. Can you make sure that that makes the show somehow? You're tuned in to Junior Motorsports Upfront, presented by Dale's Pale Ale, the original craft beer in a can. Visit OscarBlues.com to find out where Dale's is sold near you today. Now here's your hosts, Regan Smith and Keith White. Welcome to Junior Motorsports Upfront, everybody. I'm Heath White, and we have quite a few guests for you today. It's going to be a busy show, and uh, I think there's a lot on the docket, so let's just get started now. Regan, what are you doing? I'm cracking a beer. Why not? Since when do we drink beer at work? Since we got a title sponsor that happens to be a beer company, uh, we're... uh, I guess we can start off by making that announcement that uh, it. that the Upfront podcast is is now sponsored by Dale's Pale Ale, and uh, and we get to drink beer while we do this, which is going to probably make it even more entertaining. Yes. Than, uh, well, it's not going to be hard to make it more entertaining, but it's going to make it more entertaining than uh, what it was before for sure. And people might have thought we were drinking beer in prior episodes, and I will tell you that we were not. But this is the first episode we are in fact drinking some Dale's Pale Ale, and I can I can confirm that uh, as I just took my first sip, Heath is already probably a half a can through his first one. Yeah, so I didn't uh, waste any time. Yeah, I'm a big fan of the craft beer movement, and Dale's Pale Ale was you know one of the first uh, breweries to actually put their craft beer in a can. That's where they took over that uh, that mm-hmm. whole little niche a little bit. Exactly. And, and so so here we are, and, and they've supplied us with some uh, Dale's Pale Ale to drink here. So thanks thanks to them for that. Very excited about it, Oscar Blues Brewery. It's uh, it's a beer that I, I myself I'm I was not as big into craft beers when I first came to Junior Motorsports as Heath was, and mm-hmm. he tried to introduce me I, to it and get me them. drinking on it. And uh, this was actually one of the first ones I ever tried, and I really liked. And uh, uh, excited to have them as a part of our show, and uh, and certainly more excited that we get to drink it during the show each week. I mean, it's that that works out well for us. It, it's only eleven o'clock a.m. Right? Well, it's five o'clock somewhere. That's true. I was it is for five o'clock somewhere. Absolutely. So in the studio today, we have special guest Josh Berry, and Josh is the driver of the number 88 Speedco Junior Motorsports Late Model. Josh here is coming off his first win, Regan, last weekend. Josh he went is, to victory he lane. is. And, and, and I he feel did like so in dominating fashion. I, I feel like Josh wins so much, and we were going to have you on the show earlier this year when, when you kicked your season off, and, and we explained to the listeners why we didn't, because you, you go out there and you win. You dominate <laughs> with that late model every week. And the one week that we were getting ready to have you on there, somebody decided they wrecked you. And, yep. and basically you came from the back to the front three times during the course of the race and, and ran out of time the last time to get back up there. But uh, nonetheless, dominating performance, uh, kicking kicking off at Hickory. I think it was, what, the second race of the year at Hickory? Right? Yeah, yeah, second one at Hickory. So why don't you tell Third us about it. Sounds like it was a good weekend. Yeah, yeah, we had a good weekend this weekend. It, to kind of touch on the first week, it's kind of ironic listening, you're watching the – truck race because that was pretty much the exact same situation that happened to me i was in the lead got spun out you know we had some contact went to the back got back up and went three wide for the lead with about four to go and got dumped in the next corner pretty much exactly like so I, it was funny i mentioned that to you, were definitely, like, you were definitely you were definitely like, the boss i know how he feels and, <laughs> and it's so hard i know how he feels too because you sit back and you know i mean you think like what could you do different in that situation and really and i mean you got to take the lead while you can get it you know i mean Absolutely. Hopefully you can pull away. But the second week we ran at Greenville Pickens, which was the first time there, taking our late models down there. We went down there because uh, – You guys had – I thought you guys had run the late models there before. Um, I haven't. You I ran, ran it. You ran at K&N yeah. That's right. Okay. And uh, we took William down there to get him some experience before he runs the K&N race. And 
it was a fun little track. It's definitely different, and we were running third in position probably. I felt like with the tire management to win that race and had a flat with about 20 to go. So, and then this week we finally got the monkey off our back and got, got a win. There we go. Definitely Greenville tire management is, uh, for, for folks that don't know Greenville, just to describe it to you briefly, it's wore out like a Darlington used to be. Um, I guess the best track we run right now to compare it to would probably be like a California uh, from a grip standpoint level. You fall off, what, second, second and a half throughout the course of a, a race there, if not mm -hmm. further. And there's a wall on the inside and a wall on the outside. The wall on the inside is where you put your left front tire. I managed to somehow, I've only run there like two or three times in my career, and I have bounced off every wall they've got there in some capacity. I've gone into the corner and thought I was doing a good job and hit the inside wall making a normal corner. It's been like, wow, that's a first. I'm going to have left side damage after this race. So it's a challenging racetrack, definitely, yeah, it uh, and it's very flat. <coughs> um, but but Hickory, uh, Hickory for you guys has been a, has been a strong racetrack. You've uh, you've you've gone up there and really uh, taken to that place and, and uh, had a, had a lot of solid performances there. So it's good to good to get that first win of the year under your belt. And uh, when I think got quite a few coming up here at mm -hmm. that at that track. In the yeah, future, we. Right? <coughs> Our plan originally is we're going to probably compete. They have a Paramount Kia Challenge there, which is 10 races that pay a little bit more and, and are more laps. Usually have better car counts and stuff, so we're probably going to hit those 10 races. They have a separate point system. Last year I won the track championship and that Challenge Series. So this year we're probably going to run that Challenge Series and then travel to some different tracks outside of that. I, we're going to South Boston here in a couple weeks. I ran there once last year, so we're going to go run there a couple times, start out just hitting up some different tracks and just mainly our goal is to just kind of you know just further our program by running these different tracks and also get William some more experience on some different places and stuff that he might see further along in his career I think to me that's the beauty of the late model stuff is, is you can you can run the, the home track and say okay this is where we're going to run for points and we're going to try and gather as many points at this track as we can but most of those tracks don't run every weekend they take a weekend off you know in between those weekends and you guys can travel to, to wherever you want to locally there's what is there, probably 15 late model tracks in this area that you guys can go and, and race at and, and see different places. Yeah, definitely. I mean, and it brings a lot to your program racing like that, you know, because, I mean, you know, if we run Hickory every week, you kind of get in your routine of doing that. You go to a different track, and, you know, even in a situation, you know, we went to different tracks and, you know, got beat up a little bit by, by their locals, and it makes you step up your game. And, you know, so it's really it's fun to do that. It's fun to see where you stack up against other people because, you know, every track has their local heroes. You know, they're people that race there every week. So when you can go race with them and compete with those guys that race there every week, it, you know, it shows a lot for your program. That's awesome. And, and just to give the listeners a, a little more of a background on you, you don't only just drive them. You work on them. You work on both the late models. You get them ready to go to the track each weekend. I think it's you and, what, two other guys in the yeah, shop over there that are, that are helping you out. So uh, Josh knows the ins and outs of these race cars. As, as everybody listens to us probably knows, he, he drove a couple, uh, at the time, nationwide races, now Xfinity Series races mm -hmm. for us last year and did a, a phenomenal job in both of them. I think the first one was Iowa. Mm -hmm. uh, you finished 12th at yeah. Iowa. The second one was uh, Homestead, and, and you'd never been on a track at the time bigger than a mile. Bigger I think, than Iowa. Or bigger than seven-eighths <laughs> of a mile. So yeah. he went down to Homestead and, and right away in practice was, was up against the wall, going fast, got his stripe early on mm -hmm. in practice, and, and uh, all night long he ran ran solid, ran top 15 basically the entire race. And, uh, and I know something, I think had something happen towards the end a yeah, little right bit. Yeah, right towards the end. Right towards the end. But up until that point was, was in position to really make some guys that had done this a lot longer than him look pretty bad so we uh we all think pretty highly of josh and yeah and uh you know we we're pulling for him the, definitely the challenge of that versus what i mean like it really it, 
it, you look back on it now, and I wish I could do it, you know, run that whole, especially Homestead. You know, Iowa, we just struggled on pit road. I struggled on pit road, and, you know, we Well, you've never made a pit stop before, so that's understandable. I mean, that'd be like Heath coming in and trying to yeah. make a pit stop. That'd it's be bad. Yeah, I mean, say, you know, <laughs> at least you got out of the box. Heath would have hopped it up and down like a, you know, like a 15-year-old. Like I would have stalled it. Yeah, I would have stalled it. By the by, the second time, I mean, you get on pit road and you think, "Oh man, this is easy," you know. You're just after doing it once, so having that done that once, and then in the race, I mean, you just it takes so long to figure out what you need, you know. I mean, you you never run that big of a track. You don't know how the car needs to handle in practice. You don't get enough tires. You know, you're just kind of out to lunch, and then you get in the race and you say, "Okay, this is what we need to do," with yeah. about 20 to go, and then you start making progress, but then. You've already then all of a sudden it's yeah. done, and then you're then like, well, I want to run like, another 100 yeah, laps here. Yeah, yeah. I was like, yeah. when I left that race, I mean, I wanted them to pull out the fenders and let's go another 200. <laughs> I, listen, I think we'd all be fine with that. I, I'm a big fan of the longer races. I know uh, sometimes they get – oh, I say that, and I was sitting in the car in Martinsville this weekend bitching about 500 laps saying, why does this thing 500 laps? We keep wrecking every 10 laps. And See, he can't go a whole race without bitching. Yeah. He admits it. I, I did not cuss once on the radio this weekend. I was good. But wow. just to, just to give everyone a background on Josh, Josh, you've been with Junior Motorsports for six years now. Yeah, this would be a s the sixth year. So we were everyone in the company was very proud and excited to see Josh run those nationwide races last year because we know how much time he's put in and the hard work that he's done uh, for the late model program. And actually, your win at Hickory last weekend was your 16th career victory, all with Junior Motorsports. Mm -hmm. So I guess our question to you is, how many more wins do you have to get before you can afford a ring for your girlfriend? Ooh. Oh gosh! Oh, <laughs> oh! I hope she listens to this now. I, 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 I told him it was coming. I told yeah, him we yeah, might have some, some stuff. I hear that's a big topic of conversation among your among your buddies. Uh, yeah, between before, everyone. I, before you answer that, I ate Cracker Jack boxes for <laughs> seven years till I finally got the one that had a ring in there. So you yeah, got time. Okay. You're, you're good. Oh man, I don't know. I guess TBD. Yeah, I don't know. I have to keep winning a lot. I guess. I don't know. <laughs> They're luckily, not cheap. luckily she's in school, so I got like another year to. Uh, worry about that. Like high school? No, no. Oh, I was gonna say. No, whoa, she's legal. Bud, middle hold school. on. Oh, middle, oh, <laughs> oh, yeah. no. Okay. <laughs> yes. Next week on on JRM up front, <laughs> yeah. we go to the Iredell County Jail and pick up Josh Ferry. Yeah. yeah. Oh, On-site interview. Yeah. No, but yeah. we're we're just giving Josh a hard time. But you uh, take us. I want everyone to hear a little bit about your relationship with Dale Jr. Because I, I know aside from your dad, Dale Jr. is probably your biggest fan. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about your relationship with Dale, how that started, and how that brought you here. Yeah, it, it was actually, I mean, it's so it's so crazy to sit here and talk about it that, um, you know, I raced iRacing, you know, for a good bit. Probably I started in, like, 07, 08, that, that range, and raced raced a lot on there, different series, the top series they had on there. And, and I built a relationship with him, and we became friends. And, you know, I never would have thought anything would have come of it. And then, really, I mean, we were talking one day, and he's like, hey, you know, I got late models, you know, why don't you come test one? And I'm like, really? You know, like, it's, you know, you think racing, it's so hard to get these opportunities, mm -hmm. and then you have something like that just come that easy, and you're like, holy cow. So, it was true. I come over here, I'd met with him, and then ended up testing, and tested good, and raced, and raced good, and then got a full-time ride, and, you know, moved over here, and started working, and, and that was a key part of it, the work thing that you touched on earlier, was really, that's, I feel like that's what's kept me, you know, relevant around here, is just being at, working hard at it, and, and uh, really furthering the program, which is what I've tried to do. I mean, I'm really trying to, you know, improve our program, and make the late model team a lot better than it was when I started. And, well, I and they've been great. 
I think clearly that's happened and, and long time sponsor now Speedco coming back for what the the third year with Speedco fourth yeah. year fourth year on fourth the race cars the yeah. fourth year so obviously Speedco's been very happy yeah, no they've been great to me and supporting me and they were <coughs> really I mean they've been involved with us technically for five years because they were on, they sponsored LW's modified a year before that so then that kind of how it all tied in together so they've been great to me and support me and really I I wouldn't be racing without them. Oh, that's awesome. And here's another interesting factoid about Josh. You know I love factoids. Josh, you got a lot of factoids today. I do all the writing around here. I know a lot of stats. That's a valid point. He's Josh is the only junior motorsports driver to win multiple championships. There we go. And and you did bring junior motorsports to first championship right. with the late models as well. And what do you get when you win two championships? Your own, your own, yeah, your own trading card. Look trading at that. Oh, Josh Berry trading card. Yeah. That's a sample. That's a very sample. rare. Now, I know you signed some of these before, but these were hanging around Very the office. And yeah, he's getting ready to open up, too. I, I know. He had his break the seal. I mean, he had a wrapped up package. He was saving Do those. That sign. was going to be his retirement. I guess we won't open It them, says you know. here that you are one of Stock Car Racing's hottest young prospects. Josh you you might have wrote that. Oh, I, I don't think I did. I, I wouldn't give you that much credit. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hottest. <laughs> well, that's wonderful. Yeah. Like that. Those are for you, Josh. You can yeah, take those home. I think Regan might want one signed, I looked up on eBay one time. People actually sell these. Can you believe that? I mean, no one buys them, I'm sure, but well, people I mean, put. I mean, like the little trading card. Yeah. I know they put it on there, put it on sale for eBay. I'm you willing can, to bet can, somebody has bought one. Yeah, maybe. Probably so your signature is worth family friends or <laughs> something. <laughs> I, was, I was gonna say <laughs> I got a big family in New York. Surely somebody has <laughs> bought something like that at some yeah, point or yeah, another. Yeah, I believe it. You know I what? It. No one's ever bought anything of me on eBay, so you're one step ahead of me. Yeah. I've sold stuff on eBay. That's oh, about it. What have you sold on eBay? Don't you worry about it. Maybe some maybe some Regan Smith diecast. Yeah. Put that money in my pocket. That explains where they're wasn't going. Yeah, it wasn't a lot of money, though. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, <laughs> you know, that, that extra 10 cents can go a long ways. Well, we appreciate Josh coming in. I know he's busy. He's got uh, some late model wrenches to turn here, so we appreciate him taking he's some ready, time out. He's ready to go racing against, I think, uh, uh, off this weekend. Off this weekend? Okay, but then. Head uh, to South Boston, yeah. Yeah, so, that, he's, so he's getting cars ready. Rocking and rolling. No damage from last weekend, right? So no, at least no we don't damage. have to fix that damage or anything. That's a good part about it when you. That The best thing about working on the stuff that you drive is you learn how much of a pain in the butt it is when you wreck it. So you try not to wreck it. Yeah. You try to keep it clean. And, you gotta and you're a lot more emotionally invested in it. Definitely pick point. your battles for sure. You got to well. watch. You can't do. I mean, sometimes you got to run into some people, you know, short track racing. Got to do what you Kind of like do. we were talking about. That's right. With Cole That's right. and me. Sometimes you got to do it, but there's a lot of situations that you can keep yourself out of tearing stuff up. Well, we definitely appreciate Josh coming in and taking the time to, to come talk with us. And uh, we'll be keeping on the late models. I'm sure we'll have to have him on a couple more times this year. As more he wins. Continues winning right. races and, and running up front. And uh, we'll get get to the end of the season here and get, uh, get you another championship. Hopefully. Thank you, guys. All right. All right, joining us now by phone, uh, we've got the technology in the studio to do this, which is pretty impressive to me, and, and we know how to work it, too, which is even more impressive, uh, is Cole Custer. Cole, uh, as we know, took the Junior Motorsports truck to a, uh, a solid performance last Saturday, had a had a great shot at winning that race, and uh, I know uh, didn't play out quite like you wanted to at the end, but you came from the back to the front two separate times, um, got all the way back to the front, and uh, why don't you talk us through the end of the race there, Cole? Yeah, I'd say it was just a typical Martinsville day, I guess, for us. I mean, I uh, just had uh, two speeding penalties on pit road and had to go to the back twice and came back forward twice. And when we got back there the second, or we got, when we got up there the second time, we were able to do a bump and run on the leaders and take the lead. And, you know, in the lap with three to go, they paid us back with it. And, you know, that that was it. We, uh, we had a great day and, you know, it just came to an end right there. And that's just fun. So. 
it was a good day. I mean, if anything, everyone knew that Junior Motorsports and Cole Custer showed up for that race. Now, Cole, my question is, when you saw the 88 obviously closing on you in your mirror when you had the lead, what <laughs> were you anticipating anything? Did you expect him <laughs> to, to come back and hit you, or did you think he was going to try to be clean, or um, was that not even a thought? Uh, yeah, I knew he was going to come back and try and nudge me a little bit. My uh, my crew chief actually even told me over the radio he was going to try and wreck me. So, you know, that was, uh, I knew it was coming, but, you know, uh, that's just how it is, I think. I think, uh, you know, if you're going to punch somebody, you got to expect it back. And I think that's, you know, that's just how it was. Well, I like the theory. You guys were, you know, you're not running for points. Obviously, you're out there trying to get wins and, and gain experience and, uh, and, and do everything you can everything you can each week to just be up front and uh you know you take that opportunity to to move him out of the way a little bit you didn't wreck him and he got mad came back and and got his payback on you but uh you know from everything I saw in full disclosure I didn't actually get to see the race but I followed it on Twitter pretty closely which was just as entertaining as if I would have watched mm -hmm. it cuz there was a lot of opinions and a lot of reactions <laughs> to that uh but you know he comes up there and gets you and and um, from what I saw of how everybody handled it after the race, it was talked about like it was a racing deal. Like, you know, he, I got him a little bit. He got me back, and we'll go to the next race. So uh, definitely a great start for Junior Motorsports in, in the truck series. And, and for you with the with the Haas Chevy, uh, I know everybody around this place has been pretty pumped up and excited about it, so we're, we're happy to see that. And it was exciting. I mean, I actually went up there on race day to help out, to help Cole with some PR stuff. You, wor you, you worked this weekend? I did. Can you believe that? Wow. I went up on my own accord. Cole can attest to it. I was there. But I will say oh this. Yeah. When, when Cole made the pass, um, this little bump and run on the 88 and into the 29 there, everyone stood up. Everyone had been sitting down at that point, everyone in the grandstands, and everyone that was there was standing up and cheering for I him. I heard so a rumor we've got a video of you jumping up and down like a little girl. I don't think Perhaps. Did you do that? I don't think so. Okay. I, I was excited. We're trying to keep a professional excited. atmosphere around here. Yeah, so that's mm -hmm. the goal. Okay. Okay. Just checking. So, Cole, we've got – we actually uh, – Mike Davis sent us a couple calls from – um, from his podcast, which they call Reaction Theater, and that's where fans call in and they get to voice their opinions on anything, pretty much anything from Dale Jr. to the race to uh, what they had for lunch. So th we had a couple calls um, in regards to the truck race. So we wanted to play these back for call, and Regan hasn't heard these yet, and they're I'm very I'm looking forward to this. That Reaction Theater is always entertaining. I'm looking forward to hearing so what Cole, to So, Cole, we're just going to let, let you hear these um, and just kind of get your thoughts on um, everyone's uh, sides that they took this weekend. That shit. The fucking eight the zero zero truck was gonna win that fucking truck race, but that fucking eighty eight front him. That's bullshit. He was gonna win. I'm 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 so mad at the eighty eight right now. I can't even stand to look at myself. This season, <laughs> the next race, that fucking eighty eight getting spun out. <laughs> so that that's the first one. Um, as you can see, we've got a very I'm gonna go out on a limb and Loyal say he's not. Nation. I'm gonna say he's not a southerner based on number one the accent, number two the language. <laughs> wow. So as you can see, everyone's very passionate about the situation. So first thing, play number two. You have number two there. Mm -hmm. How about my boy Cole Custer driving that thing down in there, hitting them? And Joey Logano, you are a big time bitch getting on the radio, <laughs> getting mad at the boy, and you did the same damn thing. I don't know how many races. Kiss my ass. No beers, but gonna be a good one. So that was our second call. Mm -hmm. Wow, not as angry. Not as angry. I, but I'm glad we could not. Maybe we play this back for Cole before his next race. We'll go out there and drive through yeah. the entire <laughs> field. Holy <laughs> smokes! After that first one. So we got one more. First name. Go ahead and, and let that last one go. Somebody needs to get that 20-yard little <laughs> Joey Logano a copy of Days of 
thunder and a pacifier because what Cole Tusser did with five laps to go to take the lead was nothing but racing. Rubbing is racing. I'm sick of Joe Logano. He's a crybaby. So, Cole, obviously some very passionate fans there. Uh, but the interesting thing about this is I don't know in the history of Reaction Theater if we've ever had someone calling about the Chuck Series before. Obviously, we've never been in the Chuck Series as a company. But, Cole, people are paying attention, regardless of, of what's being said. People are paying attention. Oh, yeah. Those were those are nice. I, I, I could listen to those all day. I think. <laughs> that's, sure, that's sure beats homework, but, right? <laughs> it's uh, it's pretty cool that people are that passionate about going up first race. You know, uh, I think that's something to be proud of that, you know, we, we made a statement at least. That's true. At the end of the day, that's one, something we can take away from it. I like I like Sorry. how the one caller made a point to point out he hadn't had any beers yet either. Yeah. That, <laughs> I thought that was good. Oh, I haven't had any beers either, so that was coming from his heart all the way. Mm-hmm. So, Cole, thanks for thanks for giving up homework for a little while to, to join us today. We appreciate it greatly. Yeah, for those that don't know, Cole's actually in the middle of doing his homework. We interrupted his day, and, uh, and, and we'll let him get back to what he's doing. But awesome run on Saturday, and, man, we're all excited to see that truck get out there and run some more. I think the next race is uh, Dover, if I'm correct. Yeah. Yeah. So – over in a few weeks here. We'll look forward to that. It's a it's a Friday afternoon race, and uh, man, it'll be exciting. Yep. Thank you guys for having me on. All right, Cole. Take All it right. easy, buddy. Thanks, Cole. All right, so we brought Cole in. Cole called in, talked about his weekend. Um, Josh Berry also touched on his weekend at Hickory. Now we've got the guy who actually hosts this show. You haven't talked about your weekend at Martinsville. Yeah, it was and not. You ex- didn't even we expect w- it. We weren't expecting to have to talk about any racing other than the trucks and the late models this yeah. weekend. And um, as of probably 7 o'clock on Saturday night, I wasn't expecting to talk about racing, and, and the phone rang. And um, What were you doing you know, when the phone rang? Well, I had gotten a text message earlier in the day just making sure I was in town and I didn't know what it pertained to, and then I saw on Twitter where he had, you know, where, where Kyle had fainted, so it kind of made sense as to what the text message came from. I was cooking dinner, and I know you didn't. I don't you believe You don't believe that. it. I know, but I was. I had this big, crazy plan. I'm like, I'm home this weekend. Megan's been so busy with the baby. I'm going to cook dinner tonight. So you were being a nice guy for a change. I, I was. I had I had steaks thawed out. I was cutting up Brussels sprouts one at a time. And that's, that's pretty tedious. Good. It's yeah. tedious. Yeah. I mean, it was it was not good. So at 7 o'clock, the text messages start rolling. And I think it started at like 6.30 or something like that. And I look over at Megan and I'm like, you're going to hate me. And I know you're going to hate me, but uh, can you come help me finish this real quick? Because i got to go pack up some racing gear. Yeah. And now I'm on the phone texting, scrambling, trying to. I had to get into our shop over here so I could get some of my helmets and things that I needed to, to be able to go race. And uh, and fortunately, uh, Stephen Stephan, our, our travel liaison, who the takes care of all Stephen our Stephen. the great Stephen Stephan, who takes care of all of our uniforms and things on the haulers, uh, he was nice enough to come meet me here. And and I was fortunate I caught him before a certain hour because usually Stephen can't drive after a certain hour on the weekends. He'd be having some Dale's Pale Ale. He would on definitely Saturday be night. doing that responsibly, of right. course. And uh, and he he ran over here to meet me and helped me take care of that stuff and and. Went, got a seat fitted up, and at the time of fitting the seat, we were just doing it as a precautionary because if it would have happened in the morning, we would not have had time right. to do a lot of what we did. And, uh, you know, so kudos to those guys for thinking ahead and, and just saying, hey, let's be safe with this. Um, I went to bed at probably 1130 on Saturday night by the time I got back from their shop and, and had had told them if something happens, just send me a text message if it happens overnight, and I'll, I'll set my alarm for 530 so that I can see it when I wake up and, and drive up there immediately if need be. And uh, woke up at 5:30 and said, "Hey, we need you to drive this, you know, tomorrow." Or that's that's an early wake up call. I'm it was saying. an early wake up call, and you know me, I don't do early. I don't enjoy early. I don't. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I I tend to be grouchy anyways, right. and I'm really grouchy that early. So, uh, you know, we were going on pure adrenaline for a little bit there. But uh, 
got the race. And, Great and, opportunity uh, for you. Though. Yeah, I, I'll say this. Challenging, I, nonetheless. I, is it challenging, but Megan, Megan made a good point, and I was thinking it before she said it. She was like, wow, you know, I don't mind when you have to do these one-day deals. Like, you just show up, race, and come home that yeah. same night. She's like... Maybe that's the way to go. Maybe we're on to something here. I don't think we can do that every weekend, but yeah, uh, not every track you don't have to qualify, you don't have to practice, you don't have to drive back and forth up there or anything. It's like, wow, that's perfect. Uh, yeah, not every track is as close, but you know, those guys did a nice job working with me and, and trying to get me as comfortable as they could in a in a short amount of time. Right. And uh, how important you know, is cool. comfort in the in the race car? It depends on where you're at. You know, Martinsville is one of those places where you're, it's so many laps, and it's just. The, the way that track loads you into the corners and, and the way that your body works at the mm -hmm. racetrack, you want to be as comfortable as possible and, and uh, try to pay attention to everything that you can. Every track's like that. You know, you want to you want to be comfortable because along with comfort comes the safety and, right. and making sure you're fitting and everything right, making sure your belts fit right and whatnot. But, uh, you know, it was, it was a good day. Um, I, I felt like at the end, had we had a, a inside line on the, on the final restart, we might have been able to snooker a top 10, maybe a top 11 finish out of them. But, uh, you know, as it turned out, I got hung on the outside, and, and by the time I got back into line, uh, ran out of time to, to get back up to where we were running. But uh, those guys, as I said, they did a good job, Chris and, and the crew chief, Pete Roy, and, and, uh, and, and everybody on the team, you know, for, for just throwing somebody in there. They, uh, they adjusted accordingly and, and uh, kind of went on the fly. And uh, Kyle's got a good bunch. Kyle's a good friend of mine, and, and uh, you know, I hated seeing that for him. I know he's a, a competitor and, and loves to race, and uh, – you know, me and him were texting quite a bit throughout the whole course of it, and uh, we just want to make sure that he gets better and uh, and gets to Texas and he can get back with his guys. Yeah, and I mean, Regan's actually, for, for once, Regan's being a little modest here, but you got to look at the fact that you, you showed up at Martinsville on race day. You had never sat in that 42 car. All of a sudden, you're getting fitted in the car. Your first your first laps are going to be the first the green flag of the race. Well, basically what I was trying to say, Heath, is if they would have let me practice the whole thing, <laughs> you we would have just gone out there. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I, you know, it was uh, Martinsville's not a good track for me. So yeah, and you've, you've you know, admitted that before. Yeah, I, I have. That was as much as I love running the Cup races. That was one place when I came to the Xfinity Series and came to Junior Motorsports. I'm like, oh, good, I don't have no to go to Martinsville anymore. Yeah. And they called, and I'm like, oh, why is it got to be Martinsville every <laughs> time? Holy smokes! But because uh, I had a deal three years back with the 51 car to where I wasn't supposed to run Martinsville, and they needed me to come right. and scramble and run Martinsville, and I'm like, man, I remember that. Yeah, why is it got to be Martinsville this time? But We'll take them out. We can get them and make the most out of them. And uh, all about those opportunities. Yeah, this this super sub thing's getting taken to new levels on Twitter and stuff too. I've uh, you're the super sub. I have been asked to go to school this week. I've been asked to fill in for Brian Williams on NBC Nightly News. I've been asked to cook dinner. Yeah. I have been asked to uh, do a lot of things. I need my grass mowed up I, at the house. There we go. Grass mowing now. Yard can, work. Yeah, yeah. You it's can sub. Uh, you can sub for that. I yeah. I as as much as I want to. I don't know that I know how to mow grass very well. It's disappointing. First, first, last week we determined he hadn't seen Back to the Future. Now he can't mow grass. What's next? Well can't I'm tie your shoes? I'm telling you, I can't mow grass because I don't want to come mow your <laughs> grass in, in particular. He just claimed to be allergic to it. You know, <laughs> I'm allergic. I am highly allergic to it, believe okay. it or not. Yeah, okay. I, I have the picture from my allergy test last year to prove it. Right. My whole arm swelled up like, like Popeye. We'll let this one go. We okay. will. And we're going to actually, we're going to move on. Thanks for sharing your weekend with us, Regan. Uh, but we're going to move on. First name, Davis. It's time for our segment. First name hasn't even talked about it. You today. know what? He's over there on his iPad because he downloaded a bunch of new sounds for the podcast. And he's getting ready to, to unveil the new market. sponsor, new sounds, new. Uh, we got it all going on this week. We're big time this week. Well, we, had, we had a few two guests. We had a, yeah, we had two guests. Like, I wasn't really like, I don't have much to say during that. That's the old time to discuss and, and uh, get done what you need to get done. So, I didn't really have much to say. Are you ready for some of your sound effects? 
I did, but don't we have a few things to mention from Twitter first? Oh, we do. Good. Yeah. Thanks for bringing us back. Anytime. I was about There's to get first name. He chimes in and makes yeah. us look like fools just that quick. We're a little we're a little tight on time, so we're not going to touch on Twitter questions this week. But we do want to give a shout out to a fella. Um, we can't pronounce his last name on Twitter. Uh, we can't figure out how to say it, so we don't want to butcher it. But Steven, we're, we're going to call him Steven from Twitter. Steven from Twitter. I like he that. knows who he is. He just got married. And him and his wife, he put a picture on Twitter. And guess what their cake was for their wedding? Well, that was his groomsman's cake. Oh, we got to be cake. clear. That was okay. his groomsman's cake. Okay, my bad. I take that back. His groomsman's cake was a number seven tax slayer Chevy. Oh. It was, uh, that was very impressive. We saw the picture. All of us saw the picture and, and got a kick out of that. So I'm sure I'm sure everybody can search the timelines and, and find that somewhere back there. Uh, but, uh, but Steven, cool car, cool uh, groomsman cake. Honored that uh, the tax slayer and, and the number seven car. And Regan Smith got to be a part of your wedding. Don't know why you wanted that, but hey, we're we're honored and uh, and and love the love the cake there. You know what? It's, I wa I bet when they ate the cake, it looked something like your Daytona car. <laughs> <laughs> Enough said. <laughs> so this brings us to our new hot lap segment. And if you weren't with us last week, this was our first. Last week was our first week of hot laps. And how hot laps is going to work is everyone in the room, first name, Regan and myself, we all have 30 seconds apiece to talk about whatever you want to. We're going to dish on some sort yes. of subject. You can do whatever you want. But here's the – here's the we figured this out last week. It's really difficult because while you're on for your 30 seconds, I can't say anything. So you could literally insult me for 30 seconds. I got two subjects. I just had another one that popped into my brain. Okay. Well, 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 you got 15 seconds each then. 30 second total. So uh, that's the premise behind Hot Laps. We're going to have Regan start us off this week. And we've actually got sound effects for this too. So oh, if you go over your 30 seconds, you're going to hear this sound. That means your time is up. You have to make stop sure talking. you finish it quick. Yep. All right. All right. Rasta Horn. What's it called? Rasta Horn. Rasta Horn. All right. So we're going to let Regan start us off. So the timer is on. Are you ready? I'm ready. Right. Go ahead, Regan. All right. I want to uh, talk about. Josh Berry and the fact that you proceeded to think that he has to get married for some odd reason. I don't understand why society says, okay, you've dated this person for this amount of time. You absolutely have to marry him now. That shouldn't be dictated by somebody that sits next to you in a room and thinks they know everything about you or something like that. It should be dictated by when you're ready, you get married. I waited seven years, over seven years, and it was a good timing for me. I thought it was the, the proper time to get married. I, I get really aggravated with people, uh, people like Heath White that do that stuff. So, so Regan's aggravated with me. Am I on the clock You're not right now? allowed to talk yet. Yeah, that was your time up right oh, there, so bud. Goes straight to you. Does it go straight to me? So I'm on the clock. Yeah, okay. Well, yeah, I'm sure. on the clock. Yeah. I don't know if I should respond to that or just go into what I was gonna say. You're on the clock right now. Okay, I was gonna say that we downloaded all these these apps yesterday with all these sounds, and there's all these great '80s movies quotes on there. And first, they didn't know who they were, from what movies they were from. Like you didn't know Back to the Future last week, so I started asking around, asking around the office. I'm like, who knows these '80s movies? No one does. 80s movies are culturally significant movies that are critical to understanding the American adolescent experience. You've got to watch these movies. They should be part of, like, your, you know, your initiation into the real world. They're important things. Uh, here we go. Breakfast Club, Weird Science. <laughs> All right, so uh, what's more goals I can say? Oh, yeah, April Fool's Day. We're recording this on April Fool's Day. And uh, speaking of Back to the Future and 80s movies, there was a Back to the Future uh, fourth movie preview release today, and I somewhat fell for it at first until you realized that Vin Diesel is in the DeLorean, and it's called Fast to the Future, and I thought it was freaking hilarious. <laughs> and he sent it to me, and I was, you know, that was not the first time they claimed they're going to make a fourth Back to the Future movie. 
They've made like 20 of those Fast and the Furious movies. So. Yeah, that's true. There's way too many of those. Fast 7 looks like it's me also. Is your buzzer up? Yeah. Because I, I talked during I your time. I finished eight seconds early. So. We I think as we, learn, you know as, as we learn how this goes and flows, it, it'll get better and better. I, I, the one thing I wish is that I could snap a picture of Heath when he's talking because he doesn't take a breath. <laughs> I've got 30 <laughs> and, seconds. And, like, his eyes get progressively <laughs> bigger as he talks because the oxygen's running out of his body, and you can see that. And then he finally breathes, and it's like, oh, he comes back in his heat. It's, yeah. it's like a cartoon. Well, I didn't really know what to do because I wanted to talk about the fact that no one watches 80s movies, you and they're really good. You 30 seconds trying to figure out if you're going to talk about getting back at me for bringing right. up my so subject. I'm you can't I bring it up now. We're, we're done. We're past This is really frustrating. I don't like this segment. I just, think it's good for the show, like that. but for me personally, I I need to be able to get well, my. Just wait until I until I start really dishing on you hard. Hey, I get to go first next week. Yeah, that makes it even trickier. So maybe on I'll you. maybe I'll dish on. I'll you. have the last word. All right. Fuck yeah. <laughs> we finally get to the bottom of the Cheeto story next week. That was up front. That Brought was to you by Dale's Pal Out. That's that. true. That was probably the greatest clip we've had all day. Oh, Cheeto. He's going to have the last word and just do whatever he wants next week. All right, guys. Well, fortunately for everybody listening to us, uh, next week we get back racing. Uh, we're going to be heading to Texas Motor Speedway with the, with the Xfinity Series cars. Um, I think we got three cars there. Three? Dale yeah. Jr. will be in the 88. Goody's uh, car. Goody's car. Chase Elliott, obviously, in the Napa 9. And I'll be in the TaxSlayer.com Chevy. Uh, it's a place that this company had a lot of success at last year. Chase getting his first win. Maybe we can have Chase on next week. He's too busy. Uh, I tried. Big time. We have we have Chase slated for later in the year. Okay. So Chase well. Elliott will be joining us. But, unfortunately, next week, it, I, I don't know who we're going to get next week. Well, we're going to come up with that throughout the course of the week. We will get to talk a little bit of racing next week. We'll talk off weekends and, and what everybody did to, to kill their time on the off weekends. And um, I'm sure mine's going to include a, a couple of these nice, cold, fresh Dallas Palau's. I like the color of the can. It's like a nice American blue. I do. I, and quite honestly, everything, not just the Dallas Palau that comes from the Oscar Blues Brewery, they make good beer. And, uh, and, That's and why they call it a craft beer. Maybe we can have a segment where you learn more about craft beer and everything that goes into making Dale's Pale Ale. Uh, but that's really a segment for another day. And with that, we will see everyone next week on Junior Motorsports Upfront. Thanks for listening to Dirty Mo Radio. Race fans, did you know Oscar Blues was the first craft brewery to put their beer in cans? That's right. In 2002, Dale's Pale Ale paved the way for the craft can revolution, allowing their great beer to be taken anywhere, on the trail, a day on the lake, and especially to the racetrack. And with brewery locations in Colorado and North Carolina, you can be sure you'll find fresh Dale's Pale Ale near you. Visit OscarBlues.com and find out where to get your Dale's today.